This is a Federal News Network podcast. It's taken a couple of weeks, but the White House and various agencies have more or less come up with policies for contractors trying to support the government during the virus crisis. Retooling or extending existing contracts, keeping skilled people mobile ready, invoking the Stafford Act for emergency procurement, they're all in there from guidance issued at the end of last week for some industry reaction. The CEO of the Professional Services Council, David Berto. And David, you had written only days earlier to OMB saying, hey, guys, you got to look after contractors. And two days later, they did. Right, Tom. And, and we had a great concern at, at PSC for not only our member companies, but all contractors. You know, the most important thing in this from the point of view of governing is to keep the government working. And and I think it's not only to keep the government working in the areas that are important in the response uh, to the coronavirus, but it's also keep the government working in everything else that matters to America and to the American economy and the American people. And contractors, as you know, play vital roles in all of those missions and functions across the federal government in every agency. So our concerns were twofold. Number one is, how do you keep the government working? And in order to do that, you have to keep the contractors working. Well, how do you keep the contractors working? You have to change the way you look at how that contract is managed. For the federal government to send out guidance for federal civilians or uniformed personnel, it's pretty easy. You know who the central authority is. They put out the regulation. That regulation gets promulgated. There's a system for doing that. But contractors are managed both at the top in terms of overall guidance, the federal acquisition regulation, guidance memorandums and various sorts of supplements, but also at the contract-by-contract level. So what was really needed here, what was missing, was clear guidance to the contracting officers, both for their authorities that we, of course, want them to have because the contracting officers and their performance is the core of our contracting process, our procurement process, but also the contracting officers' responsibilities to make sure that the government keeps working and that the contractors keep working and keep getting paid. It's good for the government. It's good for the country. It's good for the economy. That OMB memo that came out Friday, does that seem to go far enough in giving contractors the guidance you think they need? It certainly has the opportunity there. It it doesn't mandate exactly what a contracting officer should do, but it covers all the areas that contracting officers need to consider, and it lays out what those considerations ought to be. For instance, one important function is, is, uh, you know, the president has urged uh, contractor uh, government employees uh, to telework wherever possible. And, uh, and you've seen this begin to take place not only here in, in Washington and in the Washington, D.C. area, but across the country. But for many contractors, teleworking was not authorized in their contracts. So the president's uh, uh, guidance doesn't really mandate. What this does is, is it urges agencies to work with their contractors to evaluate and maximize telework for contract employees wherever possible. That was the, the, the intent of our letter was to do that. But the memo does a lot more than that. I'd be happy to expand on those. Well, one of the things I noticed in the memo was invoking the Stafford Act for emergency procurement. Tell us more about that one. It does, in fact. So it it allows the the government. So one of the important things is not only to keep uh, the work going, but, you know, part of keeping that work going is a steady pace of new procurements. Uh, uh, existing contracts uh, may have a period of performance that's, uh, that's ending, uh, may have an option that needs to be exercised. There's new competitions underway. There's recompetes underway. And so the memo does a couple of things to, uh, to allow the government to uh, expand its capability to keep new work coming as well. or to keep ex- First, it, it provides flexibility in extending existing performance dates. Um, and, and based on the on the interruptions from the uh, from the disease, 
secondly, it, it allows uh, agencies or encourages agencies uh, to leverage all the special emergency procurement authorities that exist in place today and, uh, and says that in, in the end it says basically the acquisition workforce should do what they, they, they should feel fully empowered to use all the acquisition flexibilities as needed uh, to respond to the national emergency by keeping the government going. Um, and I, and I, the memo goes on, of course, it's posted on the, uh, the White House uh, website. It's also posted on PSC's website. Um, it goes on to have page after page of frequently asked questions that amplifies and clarifies this. Uh, what, what our members are already doing is they're able to take this memorandum, and you know this, Tom, not everybody wakes up in the morning and says, is there a new memo from OMB, right? And so we help promulgate this memo uh, now that it's been issued by making sure that our companies themselves have the memorandum and they can bring them to the attention of the programs and contracting officers and contracting officers' representatives with whom they work every day. We're speaking with David Berteau, CEO of the Professional Services Council. Yeah, in some ways, OMB Director Russ Vaught, when it comes to contracting officers, might be the proverbial man shouting in a graveyard. There's lots of people underneath, but they're not, you're not sure they hear what you're saying. And so you feel contractors ought to really help get the word out in a pretty proactive manner. Well, this is one of the responsibilities not only of, of the government and down from OMB into the agencies. And I'll give you a couple examples where agencies are already doing this. Um, it's also the responsibility, obviously, of a trade association like PSC to make sure that, uh, that we help push this as far and as wide as possible. You know, we have uh, a number of agencies that have taken very strong proactive actions to, uh, to engage the associations in, in dealing with all of their contractor issues. Uh, the Defense Department announced, I think they put out a, a releasement over the weekend, that they're holding uh, daily calls or, or at least regular calls. They may not be every day uh, with, uh, with the trade associations, and they're addressing uh, issues that individual companies and collective groups of companies uh, are experiencing as part of the response to the coronavirus and uh, we have found those calls already to be very productive. Uh, the Defense Department put out a number of uh, memos by the end of last week, which I'll also make sure you have and you can post them on your website. One of them takes uh, the DHS guidance from Thursday of last week that helps define critical infrastructure that needs to be protected. And it, it uses the definition of that DHS CISA memo, and it says basically if any contractor is involved in manning, training, uh, sustaining, and supporting military forces, these are considered critical infrastructure. This is really important for services contracts, which you think of as not infrastructure in the factory or the brick-and-mortar building sense of the word, um, but is essential to the operation of, and, and security of, of America. Um, similarly, uh, we've got uh, memos from DOD, one of which uh, expands on the telework or actually amplifies the telework guidance from the OMB memo. It actually came out a little before the OMB memo, so it was in parallel with that. And third, uh, one that increases progress payments uh, from 80 to 90 percent for larger companies and from 90 to 95 percent for smaller companies, because we've already seen one of the impacts of, of the coronavirus is impact on cash flow. And uh, so it's important to keep the, the – these are already appropriated funds. It's not a bailout. This is just an expenditure of funds that are already in place, and you're still withholding some in case there are issues with the contract. And then the third was uh, – uh, the third or the second agency with whom we're doing this that I really want to note here is the U.S. Agency for International Development, which has been most outreaching in terms of regular calls with the Citizen Association uh, to address the unique issues associated with international development where you have – U.S. citizens and third country nationals all over the world in circumstances that, frankly, um, you know, 
attention needs to be paid, and, and they're there as part of the implementing partners for international development. So we've really been pleased with the way some agencies have reached out, and obviously we're eager to engage in similar conversations with other agencies. And a final question, what about the Small Business Administration, through which a lot of policy and, in some cases, dollars are flowing? Well, they have a key role to play in implementing the new legislation, both the legislation signed by the president last week and the, and the current third uh, emergency supplemental tied to uh, coronavirus uh, that is working its way through Congress and may pass uh, by the time uh, the last broadcast of this uh, is, is heard on, on today. But, uh, but as, as SBA implements those, you know, again, providing the emergency uh, loans to small businesses, it's important to remember that, you know, there's 100,000 small businesses supporting the government as contractors and subcontractors, perhaps more than that. DOD says there may be 300,000 by the time you get to the lower tiers of the subcontracting process. And so it's important that all of those businesses be kept going as well. One of the important things in the services business is, you know, it takes us a long time to build the workforce that we need to be able to get this stuff done. And keeping that workforce together and keeping it ready in a mobile-ready state as soon as the government needs them, even if today, for instance, you might not be working on that contract, you've got to keep those people in place. And it's important for the government to keep paying the companies to keep those guys going. Again, it's not a bailout. It's already appropriated funds that are just being obligated and expended in special ways to respond to the coronavirus. And that's what we'd like to see keep going. David Berto is CEO of the Professional Services Council teleworking like everybody else, correct? Correct, Tom. Thank you. All right. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on your schedule. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.